All right, y'all ready? So I'm going to be uh, very, very uh, upfront with you all. I recognize that some people uh, may not agree, and it's okay. You have a right to disagree. You have a right to disagree with God. And so, uh, but I'm just keep it brief and just share with you. I don't, I don't have to be long because I can just get right to the point. Um, because there comes a time when you recognize that things are much more important than you ever imagined. So, you know, we got this call, which, you know, we're part of a small group. Um, President of the United States, he has small groups in every state. These are people that support him, pray for him, etc., whatever. So I got invited into this group, you know, a while back. And so I went to one meeting. It was very small, and that one was with group, and it was two or three senators also in that group right here in Atlanta. And so then we got invited to the other one, which was like a year, year and a half ago, and that was kind of intense. Um, I mean, because the FBI, it was just intense. And more people showed up than they expected. It was just very intense. And so I was, you know, and so I wasn't exaggerating when I told you because of the intensity. The last one was intense before COVID. It's very intense. I mean, it was just very intense. It was just, everybody was on edge. It was crazy. And so, uh, so with this one, I said, okay, I'm coming. But I'm bringing my uh, delegates with me. So I'm serious. We, I mean, because I, I didn't know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about going where we, then we get the location. I thought we were going downtown. And when people find out about this, they're going to be down there marching. Boom, boom, boom. So I loaded up. Okay. But it was unnecessary. So at the last minute, they said, this is where it is. And it was at Cobb Galleria. Very wise choice. Okay. So, uh, um, and these, this was not, a, <laughs> it was not a lot of people. Some of you might have saw it online. That was just, a lot of those were just people who flew in. And this is a very small group. And the majority of these people are political leaders up and rising. Lots of young people. Um, business owners, pastors, and attorneys. Um, they represent some of the cutting edge ministries and businesses, etc. In the communities, particularly the black community. And so, so I want to I focus on the black community because that was the purpose for the meeting. So we met, we went there yesterday and while we were there, they had other people speaking first, but he was also doing something live with the Hispanics in Florida. When he met with us, he was then jumping on the plane and dropping, I think he said Virginia or something. But he was going to another spot and so he was just hitting certain spots. And so so it was there and it's 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 completely different when you're there versus what the cameras want to show you. It's just entirely different, you all. It's just, it's just entirely different. So I'm going to just share with you some things that I learned. Now, I need to bring you up to speed in case you didn't notice. It's one of the scripture here. It says, Proverbs 14, 34. Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. A king rejoices in wise servants, but is angry with those that disgrace him. You can chill for a moment with the music. I'll, I'll be fine. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> so it says, Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Then it says, A king rejoices in wise servants, but is angry with those who disgrace him. And so when you look at that, the Bible is telling you why a king would be angry. Because if the king, I mean, you know, the king or dairy, some kings, you're going to lose your life. And, and, and the terminology is different. But God looks at any person in charge as a king, not as a president. 
So we use the word president, but heaven uses the word king. So God is always going to respond to a leader based on king, not president, not prime minister, king. Those are terms we came up with. It's the king. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so, so I've shared with you a lot of things over the years, or last couple of years, over the years, from the book on the paradigm, which you should still get if you haven't read it, Harbinger Part 2, that's showing you the time that we're living in. But I remember when we were in the last meeting, um, and he said, if you thought what I did for the black community was good the first go around, he said, wait till you see what I got planned the second go around. And so I am going to only focus on the black community for a moment because he's done the same thing with Hispanics and other groups, Asians. Um, and uh, so I'm going to share some couple of things with you. First thing is whether you like him or not, whether you hate him or you love him, whether you think that he was sent from heaven or he was sent from hell. One thing that all conservatives, liberals and those in between have to all admit is that the man kept his promise 100% about what he was going to do before he became the president of the United States. CNN has admitted to that even many a times. Liberals, everybody. Um, if you pay attention, they don't talk much about what he does. They just keep saying what he is. You have to very much pay attention because this thing is wicked, y'all. When I tell you, we found out some stuff, okay? So the man has literally kept every promise, not just with blacks, but period. The problem is he set the bar here but ended up here. And so when you find out the real reason why they're trying to make him seem like the devil and people going for the bait, you find out the real reasons. I'm going to do the punchline at the beginning and come back to it. One of the last things that he told the pastors, he said, I'm telling you. He said, I'm setting y'all up for 10 years. He said, I'm telling you. He said, it's only one thing standing between them folk destroying y'all, God and me. I'm telling you, we found out some things that just, just, it's just unreal. Okay, so um, I'm going to just, I'm going to just focus on the black community. These are not all. These are just some of the decisions that he made. One is the First Step Act and prison reform. If you don't know what that is, it's basically prison reform and it's a first act that has to do with freeing people out of jail, giving them another chance, etc. When he made that decision, um, 1,600 sentences were reduced and 3,000 prisoners were released. Now, here's the problem with that, is that because they don't like what he did, you can go online right now and punch in that act and you're going to see all type of articles saying, yeah, that's what he did, but these are the problems that have arisen. But if you talk to the 3,000 people that's been freed, they don't have no problem with it. You understand what I'm saying? They have to make him look bad in every single reason. When you're at these meetings, the press is right behind you. Cameras from wall to wall. And you're watching them pervert what he's saying real time. It's unreal, y'all. Just the atmosphere in the room. Okay? So um, there was a lady there who, as a result of the decision, um, um, her sentence was canceled. And uh, but she had been in jail for 22 years. Uh, she had been in jail for 22 years 
off of a first-time nonviolent drug offense. Oh, that's the deep part. She said, when Donald Trump freed me, I had another 26 years to serve. Was it 24 years or something? 27 years to serve. She had been in there for 22 years over a first-time nonviolent drug offense. 22 years. And she became an ordained minister in the jail. When this was brought to the president's attention, he said, that's crazy for her to be in there that long over something like that. So he immediately, so he didn't just, with this man, when he finds out a wrong, he finds out what's the root and then he uproots it. Okay, so, you know, some of y'all have heard her testimony and that was just one. There was a lady there. She's running for office. And she said, I was molested as a child constantly, had my first baby at 14. She said, and then when I was in jail at 26 or 27, she said, I had another baby while I was in jail. She says, when I gave birth to the child, she said, they handcuffed me to the bed while I'm giving birth. When the president of the United States found out about that, he said, they did what? So he didn't rebuke them. He just passed a law that says when a woman is in jail and she has birth, you can no longer handcuff her to a bed. Then I tell you this stuff. Every time he finds something wrong, he says what? That he does another law. Okay. How many of you think that's good stuff? Yeah. See, and there's a difference when you're watching TV for a moment and the media tells you what they want you to hear versus you're there in the room with his staff and all of the individuals that have been affected by his decisions. It's a whole different game, though. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, so he did the prison reform. As you know, the black poverty rate has reached its lowest in recorded history. It's not perfect, but that's a start. Black, Hispanic, and Asian unemployment have reached its lowest in recorded history. Under Trump, 9,000 communities across the country were designated as opportunity zones. The result is they are pouring $8 billion into the black community for revitalization. Now, here's the sad part, is when they did this, not one single Democrat voted for it. They were against it. These are the people, I'm telling you, at this point, I am willing to say, you can't just keep listening to people who don't do nothing for you, and six months before they get elected, they make these promises, and then nothing changes. Because I'm still waiting on somebody to tell me, what have they done for you that you can actually see that has benefited your community? And people just sit there and stare at me. He has convinced 100 companies to go into the prisons and train soon to be released inmates to give jobs. Anybody that's in the prison ministry knows that's the biggest problem. It didn't matter. Because why? Because the company, it don't care if you are an ordained minister. They don't care if you got three degrees. When you get out of jail, they just don't trust you. So I need to get some companies. Will you be willing to give these guys a chance? Yes, he convinced 100 companies to do that. The dude they call racist. He has commuted the sentences of more than 10 known, 10 unknown convicts. He nominated, of course, the, flag, the first black female, uh, is it Brigadier? Brigadier, yeah. Brigadier. General to the Marines. This is old news, by the way. He secured the legacy of Dr. King's house by shielding his home and headquarters under federal parks. Here, you take Martin Luther King's home. Lady, y'all didn't know that. So he made sure when I get to office, it can never be taken because it'll be under federal parks. <laughs> There's something yesterday that happened, and I almost cried. I got very teary-eyed because many of you know that he has given um, $100 million 
and extra funding to historic black colleges. Now, let me say this, first of all, because there are people in other cultures and communities that why you need a historic black college, because you don't know history. The only reason why black colleges were started is because if you were black, they wouldn't let you go to college. You understand what I'm saying? So since you won't let us come into your college, then what we'll do is we'll raise our own funding and we'll create our own college. Not because we wanted to be separate from y'all, but because you wanted us to be separate from y'all. So in order for us to be educated, we then have to create our own colleges. Otherwise, we're going to have very talented and gifted youth that end up being dummies and it will justify your mindset against the black community. You understand what I'm saying so far? So that is the reason behind historic black colleges. That is the reason behind black magazines like Ebony. That's the reason behind that is because when I was a child, that stuff was not allowed. You were not allowed to do things and have things and have movies in this. So, so when you see all of this black owned stuff, it was because it was not allowed. That's where it came from. So President Trump told the story yesterday. He said, I didn't notice about the historic black colleges that he said when he because in case you didn't understand something, the president of the United States does not set his own schedule. Ninety percent of the time, the man doesn't know who he's meeting with. He gets up that morning and he gets a briefing. He has a team that sets this stuff. OK, what's going on today? Oh, well, we got to fly to Africa. Oh, OK. And you got a meeting at two o'clock with this people, this people. You got this individual come in. Uh, president Israel will be here at three o'clock. He ain't sitting around waiting for the president of Israel, praying and reading his Bible and looking at us. That man is working. Okay. So he said he was sitting there and he said 42 African-American people came in. And he was like, because he didn't know they were coming. He never knows who's coming. He said, who are these people? And they said, oh, these are the heads of black colleges. He was like, oh, cool. Nice to meet y'all. Everything. Everything good? Yeah. You know, we just, we need us, we needed some money, you know, for our college stuff. And the businessman said, oh, fine, give him the money. Okay. So he said, that was it. He said, he said, but then the next year they came back. Did he say two times or three? Three times. He said, the next year they came back. He's like, oh, y'all back again. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, we need some money. Yeah, okay, give it to him. He said, then they came back the third year. He's sitting at the desk. Y'all back again? What is this? We already gave y'all some money. So this is when Donald Trump got mad. Because the leaders of the black colleges said, yeah, well, unlike the white colleges who have permanent funding, we have to come back and ask every year. And Donald Trump said that they said it makes us feel like beggars. He said that changes now. And then said from now on, you have equal funding permanently like the rest. Sorry, folk, racists don't do stuff like that. Okay, one of my pastor friends was there. And he, one of my pastor friends, um, Dwayne Harden, he spoke before Donald Trump got up. Um, he's the one that kind of pulled me into this group. And he said, I had heard that the man was racist. He said, he shared the test that he put on Donald Trump when I first met him. He said, there were tests that I put on the man to see if he really was racist. He said, because if you're really racist, you can't pass certain tests. And he talked about certain tests that he did on Donald Trump. He said, the one that got me, he said, was when they were in, they were doing some meeting. And Donald Trump asked somebody to pray. 
And he said, and I was standing next to Ivanka, which is his daughter. And he said he was just standing there. And Ivanka took his head. Grab my hand. Come on, let's pray. He said, the children of races don't grab a black hand like that. You don't. Because if you're a racist, you're talking against folk in your house. You don't like Chinese. You don't like Mexican. Yes. And your children hearing this. Your children hearing this. So they're programmed to kind of stay away from these people. You ain't about to just grab me and hug. And she was pregnant, too. He said, that's the other thing. She's pregnant. Just grab my hand, put them next to me and everything like I'm her real brother. So it's things like that he was bringing out. That was his side stuff. But that's the story behind the equal funding of the historic black colleges. Okay. And so he's been doing things like this and big things, little things, while the media supports and, and publishes no things. Now, guess what they're very good at? How many of you know that if you pour $9 billion into the African-American community, any community, white, polka dot, Asian, in between, Mexican, Russian, Albanian, all of them, you pour any money into any community, it's going to be some mismanagement someplace. Somebody is going to do something stupid with all of that money. Okay, we understand that. We're talking about the motive of the individual that saw the problem and established the doctrine. Because it's real easy for you to judge all of that when you can't get your household running right financially. Well, what he going to do? Y'all got that? So, so here's the thing. Is that before he ran for president, he said, when I get in office, he said, I'm doing this for blacks. He said, I'm doing this for Mexicans. He said, I'm doing this for the nation. He said, I'm doing this for the Jews. And the problem is, he did it. And up until that moment, people thought that it took a long time to produce change. It didn't. It just took decisions from a non-political point of view. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's the reason why when you bring up things, people say, oh, yeah, he's a racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say what, what he says. Yes, he does call people out of his name. Okay? He likes the same way you do. Right? Yeah, I understand all of that type of stuff. But when you compare that to the decisions that he has made concerning the scripture. I mean, he said something. I mean, I mean, this, this it's a different watching him talk through the whole thing. How he reads a teleprompter, and then you find out who he is when he goes off script. Just like I do. He just stepped to the side. He just be talking to everybody, calling people out in the audience and pulling them up and talking to them. And, and he said something. He said, let me tell you something. He said, this thing, this abortion. He said, because he was talking about whoever this individual in this nut job who says it's okay to abort a child at nine months. Mm. Nine months. I don't remember what state it is. What you say? New York. Yeah, New York. You can abort a child at nine months. And 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 that man stood, that president stood right there and said, he said, if you abort a child at nine months, he said, that's not murder. He said, that's an execution. That's an execution. He said, so if you think I'm going to support any type of abortion, he said, you lost your mind. Okay. So, so the purpose for the meeting yesterday was to roll out the next four years. Now, here's the problem is that what he wants to roll out for the next four years If he had said it in the first four years, even I would have called him a liar. You ain't about to do nothing that extreme. 
But the problem is what he said he was going to do before was very extreme. And that's why even the previous administration said was where he going to pull his money from out of, out of the thin air or something. Where he going to pull these jobs from? What he's going to do all of this type of stuff. But they didn't know the board was going to be ordained to do this. It's actually a prayer. It's actually covering the nation. It's actually a reprieve, a time to, we're going to see if you're going to get your act together. And in order to do that, I got to use somebody that you would never pick. Because you're going to pick somebody that looks like you. Let me tell you something. The decisions that he has made for the black community, President Obama could have never done that. We're not talking about intelligence. I'm telling you, he could have never done that. Because if he would have done it, the whole nation would have accused him of only catering to blacks. He could have never done the decision that Trump made. He could have never, I'm telling you, if he had done half of what this man did for the black community, they would have brought, they would have killed that man and took him out of office. Because they would have, because he looks like you, they would have accused him of, oh, see, you got an office to put black people on top. And that's not the role of a president. And what Donald Trump said, he says, he said, he said it yesterday. He said, I knew how to put y'all on top. He said, he said, just rise the tide for everyone. Very smart businessman, not a politician. Hey. So I'm just read to you a few points. See, I want you to now what I just share with you so far, even though it's not detailed stuff. Uh, you got to ask yourself, what a racist actually do all of that stuff? What, what a racist actually, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to help you understand to use some common sense. Quit listening to these idiots out here. And some of them you related to. Somewhere along the line, you got to use your own common sense. Yeah, I know y'all been telling me this about this man, but I don't, just seems strange that a racist would do all of this. Like, from now on, he just made the Ku Klux Klan labeled a terrorist organization. Yes. Uh-oh. From now on, the Ku Klux Klan and Antifa will be put into the category of a terrorist organization. Now, that ain't never been done before. Why would a racist put his own organization as a terrorist? You ready for this with Mozart? And then why would he say that starting now, we're going to make Juneteenth a national holiday. Now, some of y'all don't even know what Juneteenth is. Juneteenth is a holiday celebrated on the 19th of June to commemorate the emancipation of enslaved people in the United States. The holiday was first celebrated in Texas, where on that date in 1865, in the aftermath of the Civil War, slaves were declared free under the terms of the 1862 Emancipation Proclamation. Wonderful. But the problem is nobody was willing to recognize it. And because it was squashed so much, not even blacks know what the doggone day is. So they told him, did you know what this means? No, what's this? Oh, really? Well, that should be a national holiday. Yeah, we're going to make that a national holiday from now on. Mr. Ku Klux Klan is doing that. <laughs> Mr. Ku Klux Klan also said that it's wrong for you to live in the ghetto and your child can't go to a school in the suburbs. So that's something that he's trying to make 
permanent law in all 50 states. The only reason it hadn't happened so far is because some of the states fought him, including the Democrats. And we saw three people stand up and talk about how school choice made 100% difference in her life. Because even though I had a single mama, she couldn't afford nothing. She wasn't forced to send me to a school that was failing in our community, where 13 out of our 16 out of a certain amount of schools, the kids don't even pass math. And I'm forced to go to that school because my mama didn't have enough money to send me someplace else. He said, well, you should be able to send your child wherever you want to send them, period. And then we're going to give you money if you can't afford it. And we stand up and looking at the bunch, but, but some of the Democratic governors, no, we don't want all that. Because what we're trying to do is get rid of charter schools. See, it's funny. When you talk to people, they've been experiencing this crap. But when you watch the news, they say it's not a problem. So, maybe I should run for office. That ain't going to happen because they definitely going to try to kill me. And I'll be sitting right up there shooting back. So these are not all of the points. This is his new plan. Listen to this very carefully. He said, this is what we've already started on for the next four years. I want you to think about this number. We're going to increase access to capital in the black community by $500 billion. You can't even count that high. To give you perspective, one billion is $999 million. Y'all got that? So multiply $999 million 500 times. And that's the money that they're going to pour into black communities. And they said this will also create 3 million new jobs for the black community. Their plan is also to create 500,000 new black-owned businesses in the black community. Yeah, this is the guy with the white hood on, member of the KKK. It's him, him doing that for y'all. I think he want to believe the crazy media that was sitting in the back, corrupting everything he said as it was coming out of his mouth. Save urban neighborhoods with the highest policing standards. He wants to create brand new neighborhoods with a completely different standard of policing. In other words, system is broken, let's build it from scratch. He wants to do phase two of the Second Step Act. I don't even know what that is. The first step got all of them thousands of Godfrey. Access to better education and job training opportunities. Give black churches the ability to compete for federal resources for their community. That's also low. Bring different health care, historic disparities, immigration policy that protects American jobs, advance home ownership opportunities, and enhance financial literacy in the black community. And somehow I'll explain what it is. On showing manufacturing to advance jobs and develop opportunities for black owned businesses. The more you send your jobs overseas, the more it messes you up, whether you're white or black. It's amazing how many companies were overseas and they came back when he got in office. He convinced me he's a businessman, not a politician. Okay? So, again, the list is too long. That was just a couple of things on this page. That's the small print on the back of everything you plan on doing. So I encourage you when you get home to go look up the platinum plan. 
for the next four years for the black community. Give you all of the details, which has to do with prosperous black communities, safe streets, affordable care that you can trust, educating African-Americans or education African-Americans can choose, education African-Americans can afford, and the promotion of black-owned businesses. Because they've been tracking it. And they said, they told us that what they've been doing for the last four years, they said, we proved that it worked. There were black owners of business who said, not only did the administrators help us create a world-class business, but when COVID hit, they then gave us the money to stay afloat. And they said, the thing is, it happened fast. Boom. So again, when you're looking to try to see what God is doing, you're going to see the best in someone that no one else could do. Four years out of 47. Nothing changed in 47 years. But see, when you, when you, when you want to believe what the devil has put in your mind, you're going to look for a reason to try to put this man back into the category that Satan wants you to believe he's in. Because I have been before the man three times now, and he keep on saying the same thing. He said, I'm telling you. He didn't say this to the business people. He didn't say this to the attorneys. There's plenty of them there. He said this to the uh, pastors. He said, I'm telling you, I know for a fact they're coming for you. He keep telling us, he said, and the, the, the other time we went, he said, if y'all would just band together, they couldn't destroy y'all. He said, y'all got to get your act together. That was the last meeting. He said, you got to get your act together and operate in one accord. He says, because I'm telling y'all, when they come to the church, he said, they are coming for your behind. And Mrs. Clinton already said that. Now, let me tell you why we are praying the way we are. There are some things I won't share. Some things I can. This is going to be the most troubling election that you've ever seen. They know Trump is going to win. So one of the things that Hillary Clinton has done is hired 700 lawyers and spread them out over 50 states so that they can contest when he, when he wins. That's called wickedness. Would you like to know something else that they did? This just happened just in the last month. When it comes to mail-in ballots... It's supposed to be received by the end of the day that you actually vote. So what the Democrats have been doing under our nose, when I say Democrats, I'm talking about if you were Democrat, we're talking about the few idiots that's leading the whole thing. I understand what I'm saying. Okay. What they've been doing right underneath our nose for the last month is changing the laws. So in Michigan, they will receive ballots 14 days after the election. Now, you didn't already seen the mess on the news. About the ballots. People getting two ballots. Ballots being mailed and thrown in the trash. Michael lifted up his hand. He got two ballots. He right in the back lifted up his hand. I got two ballots. Yeah, just throwing ballots in the trash and just, it's just crazy right now. And so, so they've done this with five states where the day that the results are supposed to be in, they can't be in because we changed the laws a month ago to allow people to keep on mailing them in 14 days after the election date. So that when he says that he won, then when he says he won, you have to say, how much did you win by in Michigan? Well, we won by 60,000 votes. That gives us two weeks to create more mess to try to catch up with that number. And if we can't, then we're just going to pervert and mess the whole thing and the lawyers come in and doing all that type of stuff. And now the Lord told us all of that before I heard it. He told us and he's shown me in the God 
that the, and it's going to be one. They're going to try to create the biggest level of mayhem when that man step into the office. And they already, they are. Let me tell y'all something. Now I already knew this, but to hear it from folk that work for the Secret Service and other folk there, and they say, they said we couldn't figure it out at first. They said, but now we realize. They said that there are private companies. They said that, are, that I can't even remember the number. The number was so high, I thought they were lying. They said there are private companies that are pouring millions of dollars in the Black Lives Matter, not the black community. Black Lives Matter. They said because at first we couldn't figure out why we put a thousand of them in jail for what they did on the street. And then two days later, they were all bailed out. And they said the Chinese is one of them. They, they're using secondary companies like a drug dealer that police whole movie is the police can't figure out how they can get this guy. Why? Because he's created a system where he's outside of it. And so now when you hear Donald Trump say, okay, y'all, we shutting down TikTok in the United States. You say, see, he old terrible, bad president. He won't even let me move back and forth like this. That's how terrible he is. He's just taking all of the fun away. No, he recognizes that the Chinese government is very wise because Americans are in the stupid and social stuff, unlike us. So we'll create an app where they can do stupid stuff. And because they stupid, they'll be too stupid to recognize that we spying on them through the little app getting into their government. And when the president recognized it, shut it down. The FBI out around every day, shut it down. Because they recognize the Chinese are trying. So you will hear on the news and say Chinese have become our greatest enemy. You're like, no, oh, they just lied. They're just coming up with stuff. No, they're not. While you're at home watching reality TV, they're on the computer trying to stop this stuff so that your TV won't turn off. It's, it's very dangerous. What's going on right now? And they couldn't figure out. They said, we see, it made no sense because they and, and they shared with us yesterday. They said Black Lives Matter conjured all of this stuff up, but then Black Lives Matter, even though they're off, they were hijacked by other groups. And the other groups have hijacked it. And what they're doing is Black Lives Matter trying to march in the name of Black Lives. All these other groups are coming into the neighborhood and tearing up their neighborhood and then going back home to their mama's basement. And right now you have this. He said, one of the last statements that he said. Certain things you just don't forget. He said the first civil war, he said, was over racial equality and segregation. He said the next one, he said, is going to be over the church. That's what the president of the United States said. He said, I'm telling you, they're coming for you. And you know what they're doing? Attacking the one that's warning them. Attacking the one that's protecting the church. Believe in the robotope that this man is against you. How? Prove to me with his actions how he is literally against the black community. Explain to me why would a member of the KKK that is against the church give us first class treatment? Why would he not even consult with his staff to bring historical black colleges up to equal level funding as Harvard? Why would he just do something like that if he's so evil? But when your mind is warped, you're going to still keep calling a man evil falling into Satan's plan. Because it goes much deeper than that. I'm just holding way back until a certain time. When I let it go, you're going to all repent. But you know what? Some folk, it don't matter how many dreams the Lord keep killing us. 
telling us that he sent this man? It don't matter that if the Lord didn't give one single prophecy, one single dream, one single revelation, or one single vision. It does not matter. You can look at the man's actions and see three things. Skip the black community, Mexican community, white community. Skip everybody. Just the top three things that are important to God. The man kept his word with protecting the Jews and move their capital where it belongs scripturally that no other president said did. They, the last three said they were going to do it, but they didn't do it because they were getting too much flack. You're dealing with a man that don't care about flack. He will tell you your breath stank. And when you cuss him out, he say, oh, I'm sorry, your mama breath stank too. And we'll walk away and get on Air Force One and head right back to the Capitol. That's a scary man. And to be in his presence, you feel, let me tell you something. One thing I know is you can't deceive me with certain things. I know what the anointing feels like. I know what that feels like. The anointing does not rest on a wicked man. I know what that feels like. God, I know what that feels like. Can't tell you how many times I wanted to cry yesterday. Because I, I ain't felt that in a long time. That weight on that man. Don't matter if he's not perfect because you're not. But there's something on that man. I'm telling you, it's something on that man. And I'd be a fool to sit up there and see that on that man and then still reject that man that God picked. You didn't pick him. Even if you voted for him, you didn't pick him. That man is in that seat because of the prayers of the saints. That's why the stuff that he's doing is more righteous than any president you can recognize. Kept his word with the Jewish people. They ain't saying nothing about the peace accord. He just got them to sign. Israel and two men from the Middle East, and they signing a peace agreement in front of the White House. That ain't nothing. Why you at McDonald's eating a Big Mac? That ain't nothing. Oh, that ain't nothing. Mm-hmm, okay. It's because you stupid. Your education comes from BET. Or MTV. Uh, whatever other TV they got out there, tickety talk. I just like saying that, you know. Just did it with the Jews. Kept his word with the church. I rem- I was sitting there when the man said this thing of treating Jews and the church as second class citizens will stop day one when I'm in office, and the man kept his word. And then. He said, this thing would take an innocent life. He said, it's going to stop day one. The man completely defunded Planned Parenthood. They so mad at him, they don't know what to do. And then he took it a step forward. He said, not only am I going to defund Planned Parenthood, which some blacks are too stupid to recognize, is just draining you of your children. He said, but any other country that supports abortion, you ain't getting no more money from the United States. But then you got idiot pastors like this guy over Ebenezer Church. That church represents the work of Martin Luther King. But he's going to stand up and say, I'm running for office now as a pastor, and I am completely for abortion. Oh, I see. You just told me that not only are you not a pastor, you're probably not saved. Which might recognize why your raggedy church members sit there dry looking religious with a fancy hat on. Now, I'm not taking that one back. 
See, the Lord will rebuke you with other stuff so that you have a right to say the other stuff. Because the stuff that you got to say has so much fire on it that if it has corruption in it, you'll mess people up. But there's too many people not saying something. You have a, and guess what? Guess what? Guess what a lot of people in the black community are going to do? Oh, we got a champion now. Champion. Mm-hmm. 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 Like my wife said yesterday. Okay, you trying to stand on the shoulders of Martin Luther King without his integrity and paying his price. Just because you preach at a church that he used to be at don't mean that you represent anybody, let alone the black community. You know what I'm saying? The last time I checked, Martin Luther King, number one, was for all people. He wasn't against whites and Jews and anybody else. He just wanted equality. And he said, I'm going to do it according to the word of God and the love of God. That's why when he was out there marching, you see white folk marching with him, Jewish folk. They had on special hats. You didn't know who these people were. And you get this fool that says, I'm black. And I'm for you. And God is whispering, the devil has showed up looking like you. children that are called to see what you can't see in the last days because I get more phone calls at this church from teenagers who can see they call us every week now they said the churches call us crazy but what am I supposed to do sir when I get a vision in the middle of class and the Lord show me what's going to happen to somebody what am I supposed to do when the Lord gave me a dream and showed me that this preacher is going to be dead in three months because he ain't living right I don't even know him I had a lady, never been to the church, knows none of you, had a dream. She says, this is a dream about one of your members. I don't even know what to do this because I don't even know her. Talked to the individual, and I said, well, Lord already told me that about 50 million times. The Lord is bracing the individual for something. And so the kid's calling us. They're like, well, y'all believe this vision at the Lord. And they know it's the Lord. Well, get the vision and then give me instructions on how to share it. Sometimes they tell me you can't share it. It's just for you. So guess what? Satan knows what the word says, that God was going to reserve those kids for last. And if they reserve for last, they're going to see more about the end of days than we will. We just here to mentor them so they can move faster. So I'm going to use one group to mentor them, but the enemy will use another group to kill them. So the enemy will blind them or kill them so that they can't even see what he's doing through the older folk. Because these young kids are going to kill these older ones. Yes. We got a chance to see the up and rising new black politicians. They're going to kill you. These dudes are fearless and girls. They're they fearless, all conservatives. And I'm telling you, they're coming after liberals. When I tell you they're coming after them, they're coming after them. They're like, you got to kill me to shut my mouth. Mm-hmm. They're like, y'all been, um, y'all, they, who, they, I mean, they, the kids telling us, who told you you had to be a Democrat mm-hmm. or a Republican or independent? Who told you you can't have a choice? Who told you that? It's slavery reinvented. As long as you do what my party tells you to do, we'll pat you on the back and then keep you in financial slavery and poverty. And then in another four years, we'll show up six months before the election and promise you other stuff because we know that you've been programmed to get free stuff. So we're going to promise you free stuff. We ain't going to promise you hard work and discipline and chastisement and get you behind off that video game and go get a job. We ain't going to tell you that. We're going to give you free money so you can learn around and sit around and be lazy so that when you need you to start burning buildings down, you'll be ready. Because y'all are our army. 
told you, Kenneth Copeland, who's not a black man. People think Kenneth Copeland is white, but he's actually Indian. He said something about the black community. Man and the richest man in Australia, Peter Daniels, said the same thing. Now, Peter Daniels said this about blacks and Lebanese. He said they're some of the most dangerous people on the planet. He says because whether good or bad, you make other races start doing what you do. He said, not because you're better. He said, but because you've been birthed in pain. Peter Daniels said, he said, blacks and Lebanese, they've been told no so much time, they think it's part of the DNA. He said, other cultures, you tell them no, they go into depression. You, you just go knock on another door. Because you, 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 you've been so used to being told no that you know in order to make it, you got to hear about a thousand no's before you maybe get a yes. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's a, so it's not, it's, it's kind of like the same, if I reverse it, it's kind of like what Eminem did. He was always told, you ain't going to be no rapper, you're not black. So, so, and so because of that, there was a fire that came on inside of him to press him to where he is right now. Always be careful what you keep away from people because that fire won't turn out. It won't go out. It won't burn out. That fire just be sitting there burning. Remember Elijah said? He said, I might be shut down. He said, but it's fire shut up in my bones. And when I let this out, everybody going to die. Okay, so I'm just giving you updates because you're going to see some stuff over these next three months. And it's all for the purpose of Satan trying to have his way. But you know what? Again, so I'm going to be required to do some things. You know, I mean, nothing crazy or anything, I don't think. But, you know, this is it really is over souls. And to be able to talk to the administration and to see the other African-Americans that are with them, you know, I mean, just some of y'all know who Wellington Boone is. I mean, just others. I mean, just to see them saying, look, y'all, they're giving us all this. Y'all, y'all didn't know this is going on. I'm telling you. And, 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 and some of them mentioned, they say, yeah, we wish Donald Trump would stop using the word hell and stuff like that. Donald Trump get up there and say, well, I use it because sometimes a sentence takes on more of a meaning when I use that word. <laughs> he's a politician and he's not a preacher. He's a businessman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but see, y'all don't, know where his, y'all don't know where the president's roots come from. The man's lineage produced a revival in another nation. That does not change. And that's what was brought up yesterday. Is that everything. He's sitting right there. He's sitting right there. He said, everything right now is about trying to reduce a revival in his nation. He didn't say that. The pastor said that. And he listened. Donald Trump said, I listened to everything. That he was in the back room at first. He said, I listened to everything. He said, they dead on the money. And he said, wonderful people. Right? So again, you better really start asking the Lord to show you the truth about some stuff if you don't want to see it. Don't find yourself fighting against God. Now some fool to take this and say, he said, Donald Trump is God. No, I didn't. If you believe that, then use boo-boo the fool and his grandmama. One of the things that's wonderful about being in those sessions is how much he makes fun of the media. I mean, they lined up from wall to wall, just cameras all over the place. He said, you see, the vultures are here today. <laughs> the man does not care. 
he had us do this. Shout, 12 more years. We're, 12 more years. 12 more years. 12 more years. He said, now by the time they get done, they're going to say that y'all, that I said that I'm taking over White House and the military got to come get me because I'm going in there for 12 more years. He said, that's what they do. He said, they take everything that I say and twist it. They never tell the truth. And I'm sitting there watching him as he's saying it. I'm sitting there, watch him say it, then go on media. They didn't even listen to the end of the speech. While he's talking, I'm looking at what they put up, and it's different than what he said. I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at media, and I'm watching them lie on every point. But you don't want to hear that. You want to hear that that man is against you. And ain't nothing Jesus can tell you differently. It don't matter how many dreams he gives us. It don't matter how many men he gives dreams and prophetic statements and visions. It does not matter how many angels appear to Sadu and tell him, warn the church, let this man get out of office and the church will go down overnight. That's coming from heaven. But you don't care because you would rather believe raggedy going to hell CNN who does not care nothing about you. Or your mama. CNN don't care nothing about black people or white people. They care about an agenda to bring this godly nation to its knees while they go live in the suburbs. They don't want a wall, but they got gates around their house. They want to they wanna defund the police, but they got bodyguards. It's it, But like Harriet Tubman said, it's one of the things that was mentioned yesterday. I don't know the president didn't say that. Harriet Tubman said, she said, I could have freed a thousand more slaves if they only knew that they were in slavery. Mindset. And when you've been programmed to think a particular way by a strong held political process, you're going to think that way forever. And when God comes to rescue you, just like the Israelites in the Bible, we'd rather stay here, Moses. Because what you're talking about sounds dangerous. It sounds different. We don't even trust you. It's deep. They didn't have the ability to trust the meekest man in the world. Why? Mindset. And you see what I did a few minutes ago when I said that I was wrong about what I did? See, you don't know that when I did that, I corrected more of my mindset. And the Lord makes everything clear to me over what I did with one thing. You understand what I'm saying? So I kept you a little bit longer. It's 1215. I'm going to let you go. Just had a little political meeting. Things that I'm going to start doing from now, we're going to have a church service. And then... I ain't going to be talking about this forever, but I keep saying that the Lord makes me share, share more. I have a feeling I'm going to go, I'm going to the White House next. When I said, let me tell you something. I would have believed I was going to the White House than Oyedipo's house. And when I said I was going, I remember I pointed at it, going up in Oyedipo's house next. Then I was up in that house the next year. I ain't saying I'm deep. I'm just saying you got to be careful when you say something and you believe it. I can tell you right now, Donald Trump find out who I am, we do something together, it's gonna be some trouble. It's gonna be some trouble, trouble, trouble.
it's going to be some trouble. And let me say something, and then I'll, I'll let you go. My wife and I were talking last night. You draw what you are, and what you are draws you. And right now, when we look at the circles that we have been invited in, from companies to people to the circle with Oyedipo and the circle with the President of the United States, this is all being done strategically. Because God don't need a whole bunch to save a whole bunch. He just need a few to lock horns together and act a complete fool. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's the greatest time. And of course, President, he's going to be and is supposed to be optimistic. He's going to always say, for the next 20 years, there's going to be prosperity. Yeah, the President is not prophetic. <laughs> he ain't reading, sitting around reading the book of Revelation. He didn't all this type of stuff. He's going to be optimistic based on what he's doing. But he doesn't know that it's going to be the opposite. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the four years. But y'all remember the prophecy that I gave y'all back in night about was based on 1971, where that person was given that vision, and they said after this, after after uh, that, like this was like the last president. It's a real neighborhood, by the way, and it turns the same way as it did in the vision, and each house in the vision represented the president that was in that particular time frame, and when it got to the end of the house, the last house, it was the last president of the United States. He said there was another row of houses across this huge path, but said it wasn't revealed. We're in a very much time of an unknown. The Lord has not shown us what's past President Trump. Nobody picking that up. All they picking up is the trouble. So, hey, you know what we're going to do? Pray. That's why I have those prayers up there. And that's why we were telling y'all, it keeps us in one accord. The Lord definitely showed me y'all are doing major damage to the kingdom of darkness. We, agreement is not touching somebody's hand. Agreement is you saying the same thing when you're separated from one another. There are things that are going to happen, things you're going to see, and it's going to mess with your head. You know why? No one can understand what the Lord is going to do in this hour because in order for him to do it, he's going to disrupt everybody. No one will understand. You're just going to have to roll with the storm. Okay? Y'all good? Let's go ahead and stand. share this with you guys um he gave me two scriptures the first one is john 4 verse 23 um and it says but the time is coming indeed it is here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth the father is looking for those who will worship him that way the lord is looking for you to live your life in spirit and in truth he knows the things that you are doing behind closed doors. And there are people, there are people in here, and there are things that you are doing that the Lord sees and it grieves him. 
It grieves him so badly. And he's saying that all of the blessings that are supposed to come upon my people, you will not find yourself receiving them because you are not living in truth. And he gave the second scripture. It's Matthew 6, verse 23. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think if and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So he said, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived by your own self. He knows what's on the inside of you. And he's calling you to reflect. He's giving you time. But now this time, like the time is up. But he loves you so much that he is still willing to let you be catapulted to where you're supposed to be if you make the decision now to clean up your mess and truly live holy. Stop profaning what is holy. Stop trampling on the blood of Jesus Christ coming up in here and pretending because he is not fooled and he is not mocked and he is not pleased with that. So do not be deceived and think, well, I'm protected and I'm covered. Because what's coming on this earth is hell is going to break loose. But what is going to happen is that the believers, they will be protected. But what will happen is that you will find yourself in the midst of great calamity being overtaken because you are not his, because he knows what's here. The real worshipers worship him in spirit and in truth. So seek truth, live in truth. If you do not, you will be overtaken in these last days. And he is not mocked. He wants to drill this into you. And for some of you, this day is going to come back. And it's going to come back when you reach the other side. And it's the one that will be used as judgment against you because you heard the truth and you refuse to accept it. So stop fornicating. Stop watching pornography. Stop drinking and getting drunk on the weekends. Stop masturbating. He's saying to stop these things. And it's because, like, you know it's wrong. It's different when you're ignorant of it, but you know the truth, but you refuse to accept the truth. And so now you are bringing judgment upon yourself. This day will stand as a day of record for you. So take what you have heard today and apply it to your life. Don't play with him any longer because he is not fooled and he is not pleased with that. But all you have to do is repent and he will welcome you with open arms. The reason why he's saying it is because he loves you. The reason why he's saying it is because he has an expected end for you. But it's not the devil that is preventing you from reaching that expected end. It's you. So let this be the final warning for you. The final warning to walk and live in true holiness. Because if you don't, there is a true distinction between his true children and the children that profess to be his, his, but they are not his. And you do not want yourself to be on the shame show because it, it is revealed before everybody what you were doing in the dark. So check your motives of what you are doing. 
And for those who are here or coming here or new here, I kept hearing the Lord say as she was giving the list of things to stop doing. He is saying also to stop letting his ministry be your career. When you think you're going to take the ministry of God and use it to promote your thing and not his thing, you're sadly mistaken. Some of you want to make names for yourself and by any means you would do it to get there. So you want to be seen by the pastor. You want them to see me because I come down here and I'm praying. See, I'm praying. Oh, pastor, I gave a word. Oh, I talked to this one and I talked to that one. Oh, prophet, I let them know this and I let them know that. Check your motives. Check your motives. This is not a plaything. You live for God with everything that's in you. But if you think you're going to come into this house, into this ministry, and going to use it to build your career and your agenda, you're sadly mistaken. Check your motives. Check your motives. All right, lift your hands. Just thank God for that. These things seem hard. And if you're newer here, we have a different theme of the month. This is always going to be the hardest one or the hardest month because we like to hear about prosperity and healing and destiny and all of the subjects that we preach on in dreams and visions. And next month is the supernatural. But in order to be qualified for the supernatural, you have to be clean. And God loves you enough to tell you the truth. Because again, the Bible says the heart can be above all things exceedingly deceitful. And sometimes the things that are in your heart and mind will drive you unconsciously and you don't even know that you're doing it. Because sometimes it's just a feeling attached to it. So check yourself, check your motives, and check your actions. Because the Lord only wants to bless you. He only wants to bless you. Hallelujah. Everyone say, I receive, I receive what the Lord has for me, has for me. so that I can be the best that I can be. So thank you for being patient with us on today and staying after to receive those things. And I, fo- I wanted to focus on the black community to help you understand things. I have to be honest with you, yesterday it was four blacks, but it was multicultural. It was crazy because Kemp came in with his crowd. Y'all know Governor Kemp? He came in with his old group. We're really, everybody's not perfect, y'all, but we're blessed right now with a good president that's over the head, and we're blessed with a good uh, governor. He has a look, he has common sense. My wife has met him. We met him together, but my wife was the one. She always the one trying to get their phone number. Can I come visit you and talk to you about a couple things? She, she was wilding out yesterday, y'all. Just, where's my wife at? She's over there talking to that politician. I'm just like, <laughs> This girl, she don't play. Oh, they're talking to the Secret Service. One girl, she's trying to get a picture, and the Secret Service like, well, actually, we're trying to get a picture, too. So, so she, she didn't ask him. She just went past him, took the picture. I mean, she just be, you need to take that girl places with you. Pull in, because Devon and Violet, what is she pulling Violet into this mess? Devon and I just sitting there chilling. Okay? But it was it was really beautiful, because there were, other, there were Chinese there, and there were um, 
all the whites there and, and and governor Kemp came in with his crew and and when the when the when the, the black pastors were doing things and sometimes they turned it into a little church service and I'm looking over there at Kemp folk and they going in y'all they are enjoying themselves they slapping each other and everything and just like man this is so good and it was just a wonderful thing because always remember this on the dark side all of the races will be together and on the righteous side all of the races will be together sometimes you have to separate the races to address particular issues but on right now on both sides of the war it's multicultural why? because it's the kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness and it's equal opportunity on both sides so this is about to be a very interesting war but thank God that you're on the right side amen alright Give somebody a hug. Tell them to be blessed.